we're not uh, accustomed to this. Uh, none of you are here physically present. And uh, that, that's, that's hard for me. I, I love being with all of you. And uh, being in a, an empty hall, um, speaking through a camera is not ideal. But it's what God has provided us this day. And so um, we're going to make the best of it. I can't wait to be with all of you again. There's just something special about the gathering of the saints. And um, I miss all of you. I, I, don't, I hope you feel the same way, but I, I can't get any feedback because you're not laughing or saying anything. So, and people have always said I have, thank you. People have always said I have a face for radio. Um, and now they've got me on camera, so I'm not sure what to do with that. All right, uh, just a couple of quick announcements because obviously um, all of our activities have been, have been shut down. And um, we have been doing um, what we call fireside chats every night at 7 p.m. on this live stream. And you can tune in. And we've been sitting down with Dr. Robin Evans, kind of giving updates um, as to some of the stuff we know in the county and the city, uh, some medical insights. And then we've been studying God's word to find comfort. Uh, today is going to be... Um, special in that we're going to go through a message uh, as a church family, but also when I'm concluded, we're going to take a a brief break, and then we're going to have Tammy Shewitt come out, and she's going to lead your kids in Sunday school, and so we'll we'll have a lesson for the kids. We'll take a break so that you guys can um, bring the kids in or however you want to do it. Let me go through some of these announcements. Um, Tithe and offering. if <laughs> the only way we can uh, keep this place running without anybody here is um, if you continue to give. So um, you can you can do it a number of ways. You can mail it if you if you'd like to. Um, but if you go to godspeak.com, you can give online or you can text it. Uh, Micah gave me this. He said uh, you text to eight zero five five nine zero twenty seven hundred, and you can. Um, text in your offering. And so we'd encourage you to do that uh, because we're expecting you all here for Easter. There's uh, plenty of stuff that we need to do and um, we're grateful for your faithfulness even in these trying times. Uh, If you have any prayer needs this week whatsoever, all you need to do is go to communitycare at godspeak.com. If you have any needs whatsoever, let us know. We have been connecting folks that want to serve with those who have needs and we've been putting them together. We had um, an anonymous individual bake uh, copious quantities of bread and uh, brought them in. And these are wonderful loaves of sourdough bread. And we've been getting these out to many of our congregants, folks who are shut-ins. Well, we're all shut-ins in a sense, but folks who can't get out to shop. So if you need anything, any way we can help, you need us to do some grocery shopping for you, you're out of supplies, Anything like that, just let us know and we'll make sure it gets to you. And then uh, finally, um, in regards to Easter Sunday, uh, folks are saying, uh, what's, what are we going to be doing? Um, I have no idea. Uh, we're waiting to see uh, what the, the, uh, the president decides and then we'll go from there. Um, or even the governor. We're waiting to see if we're going to have the ability to meet together. My prayer is that we will enjoy Resurrection Sunday in this, this hall together. I'm believing that with all my heart. Um, 
And so that's what we're going to do. All right. So enough with announcements. Uh, I want to get into a passage of scripture. This week we've been going through a couple of the Psalms to encourage folks. Psalms are for worship and also for praise. And I have been so comforted by the Psalms. I, I read in my devotion, typically through times of trial, uh, 31 days of wisdom and praise. It's a combination of the Psalms and the Proverbs broken into 31 segments. And I absolutely love that. And that is what I've been pursuing this week as I've been reading the scriptures. And so uh, we're going to take a look uh, this morning at Psalm 61. So before we, you, know, you can turn to Psalm 61 if you want. Before we read, I wanted to show you a few things um, that are interesting uh, in our county. And um, these are our latest numbers. I received these uh, Friday. Um, so the latest numbers in our county for folks who have contracted uh, the uh, uh, COVID-19 um, there are now 26 confirmed cases in the county. Um, and then you can see the age breakdown. The lion's share of those are 18 to 64. Uh, age 65 and older, we have seven confirmed cases. And then you can see it broken down by city. So here in Thousand Oaks, we have five confirmed cases. Now, you know, that's in a city of, of over 125,000, uh, you have five cases. And um, these numbers are similar in the county. Um, and then we project that data out around the United States. There are a couple of hotspots, New York City, Los Angeles. Um, this has been this ongoing uh, video that you can see whenever you tune into the news. They show the confirmed cases and the death rate and, and the panic that is instilled in all of us as this has been, um, it's just been hyped. Um, the numbers are, are uh, troubling in one sense, but in another, in a nation of, what, 330 million, uh, we're looking at 5,000 deaths, um, folks infected, and yet we're all just absolutely paralyzed by the panic, uh, noticing just the, uh, the fear that has gripped so many. Uh, we're watching this as lockdown has occurred and, and the, the isolation has caused people to be concerned and fearful. Kids are out of school. Uh, graduations, uh, senior year for, for many of our high school seniors, it, it's going to be one that they're never going to have a chance to enjoy in a sense. Weddings have been canceled. Uh, my, my son, his entire university has been shut down. Everyone's come home. Um, I think 100% of the schools in California are closed. And, and all of this has affected us. Businesses have been shut down. Uh, we, we are only with, as a governor's directive, uh, only essentials are open. There are no gathering places. We've been covering this throughout the week. And it's causing consternation and fear and a struggle all the way through. Um, here you have confirmed COVID-19 cases in the U.S. This is an older statistic. But you can see that um, it's, it's on the coastal regions, highly populated areas, and what it's done for all of us is it's, it's made it concerning and somewhat fearful. And this is the one thing that we've been getting every night as we have been sitting down with Dr. Robin Evans and others. We, we've been uh, receiving um, 
questions uh, online as we've live streamed. And it's, it's really pertaining to uh, what do we look for? How do we deal with this? A lot of things pertaining to fear. And we've done our best to use sage those concerns. And we've been going through a number of the Psalms to comfort one another. And so this morning, I want to do the same thing. Uh, I, I, I'm troubled. I'm troubled. I'm troubled by the numbers and the reaction uh, I, I know that we want to be wise, and we've been covering that every night, uh, the directives of the president and the governor. We have been faithful to honor that, but I'm still troubled. I'm troubled at the decline in the economy. I'm, I'm struggling at the fact that it almost seems in some respects confusing, um, almost a, an overreaction, although yet I look at that and I think to myself, Everyone agrees in, in many respects to the course of action, but we're all troubled by it. There is confusion in relation to it. Uh, we seem as though, why are we shutting down businesses? And I know we, we feel a, a need to um, sequester ourselves, I guess. And that's what the, the gov- government is asking us to do. But it's still troubling. We're watching our, our nation and the economy struggling. We're watching businesses, uh, small businesses, which is the backbone of our country. Folks are wondering how they're going to pay folks. We're, we're watching as unemployment is going to soar. These are, these are trying times. Watch the stock market plummet. Talk to a couple of folks. Life savings wiped out. This is, this is hard to deal with. I, I've yet to know of a person personally who has uh, contracted COVID-19. We we did have one person we thought in the congregation, but it happened to be a, a, a positive, a false positive, and they, they don't have COVID-19. I'm sad for the folks who've lost loved ones. I'm troubled with those who have contracted it, and even our own Pastor Marty, uh, who visits his, his wife Gwen in the assisted living facility, he can't go there anymore. Um, it, there's a quarantine Folks are not having the chance to visit loved ones, and it's hard. It's hard. And now we, we come to a place where how do we deal with it? I'm, I'm watching as uh, folks smarter than me are prognosticating on what they feel the president should do. I, I get a kick out of that. Um, and, and I know that feeling, especially being in the ministry um, as a pastor, everyone believes they can preach better than you. And, and you know what? I, I've never doubted that. I imagine there's a ton of people who can preach better than me. The problem is God didn't put you here and, and God didn't make you president. Um, the one thing we're called to do is to pray for the kings and those in authority, as it says in Timothy, that we would live quiet and peaceable lives. We don't get overwhelmed because we know the right decisions to make. There are decisions to be made and God appoints positions of authority. We're to intercede. We're to be patient and long-suffering. We're to counsel when asked. The servant speaks when he's spoken to, offers his opinion when he's asked. But this idea that somehow you can bloviate from your armchair as to the best course of action in the country, uh, we all have opinions, but God didn't put you in that seat. He did call you to pray. He did call you to intercede. He did call you to do what you can in your community. Instead of sending visceral emails and, and texts to frighten people, why don't you be a part of the solution and start ministering to one another? There are folks that are scared out there. Don't feed that fear. Passing on emails of um, non-confirmed statements 
is just like uh, the press that would want to exaggerate things in order to instill fear to get more response and, and more viewers. We don't need that right now. We need calm. We need to pursue truth. We need to rest in the strength of the Lord and to understand how he operates and through the context of authority. We may doubt the leadership of our government authorities, but we also have the great ability to intercede with the Lord who has the heart of the king in the hand of the Lord and he guides it like a water course. Do you realize that? You have far more ability in prayer than you do in bloviating. So understand that. Calm down. Calm down. Start to minister to one another. This psalm, I pray, will do that for you. Let's turn to Psalm 61. I'm going to read the first four verses. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have... For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Selah. The word selah means ponder this, wait upon the Lord and consider these things. This is a psalm written by David. And he wrote this psalm, many scholars believe, when he was dealing with the trials of Absalom, Absalom's rebellion, when his son rebelled against him and David had to leave Israel. He had to leave Jerusalem. He was elderly. He was tired. He was overwhelmed. He had to leave quickly as Absalom started to marshal forces and David crossed the Jordan, went into the wilderness And there he realizes that Absalom has the forces and has the wherewithal to crush it, to crush his kingdom. David knew that he was yet again a fugitive, even in his older age. And he sits down and he writes a psalm. He was still musically inclined and he begins on a stringed instrument to write this song. And he's reflecting on the overwhelming situation. And what is his response? He writes a song. I love that we began this morning with Micah and Kelly leading us in a song. There's something about music that calms and quiets and softens us. David begins to sing in this song. He says, hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. We all pray. Sometimes we repeat prayers that we learned as children and we'll pray. Sometimes we repeat after a pastor as he prays. Sometimes we listen to a loved one at the table as we recite a familiar family prayer at the dinner table. Oftentimes we just go through our prayer list because that's what we do. But here David, David appeals to God. He says, God, would you attend to my prayer? Uh, Lord, I really need you to hear me right now. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. I I need you not to just hear me. I need you to respond. I need your help. And then he explains why. In this song he says, from the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. David didn't travel far beyond the borders of Israel, so he didn't know what the ends of the earth were. It is, in a sense, a metaphor of desperation and alienation. 
spiritual distance. He's overwhelmed. He feels as though there's no hope. He has come to the limit of his wisdom and his endurance and his ability. I have been watching folks far smarter than I who are better connected than I'll ever be baffled by this. Folks that have direct access to the president, direct access to the governor, direct access to political leaders, uh, and they're confused. They're confused. Whatever political aisle they abide in, it seems as though there's confusion. Confusion in the response, confusion into what has caused this at the highest levels. I get a kick out of this because these folks are brilliant and they've come to the limit of their wisdom, their ability. You know why? God has an uncanny ability of getting our attention. We're so impressed with ourselves. We have the political answer all figured out. And yet, for whatever reason, we just don't sit upon the throne. We don't have the ability to pull the levers. We think we can fix it. You know, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. We talk about this idea that we believe in authority, but there's an authority higher than all authority on the earth, and that's God. God is waiting for us to call upon him. David in the midst of crisis, elderly, older, but much wiser, realizes that he can try to finagle and try to figure out some sort of a solution to this political crisis. But the first thing he does is he goes to God in prayer. It's amazing how we'll, we'll go to the internet, we'll go to social media, we'll go to the news, we'll go to our friends, but God wants us to come to him. Fear is helpful when it draws us to God, but not when it'll, it is used by the enemy to paralyze us. You see, when we have a fear of the Lord as we covered earlier, we don't have to be afraid of anything else. And David understood this. He said, hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. The end of the earth means, again, as I said earlier, that it's this metaphor of despair and alienation, spiritual distance in a sense from the Lord, where we've come to the limit of our wisdom or our our endurance. We're kind of sick of being sequestered and kept inside. We're kind of overwhelmed by the fact of wondering how we're going to make the rent or mortgage. We don't know if we have a job. And in this sense, as we start to consider all this, We start to cry out. You'll begin to cry out when you've come to a place where you can't figure it out. When it becomes so overwhelming and you have nowhere else to turn. Listen, I I got news for you. Every political official is scared right now. It was Abraham Lincoln who said, I I found at times being so overwhelmed that I realized I had nowhere to go but to my knees. I can guarantee our governor is scared. 
He's, he's, he's worried. But for all of us, I think God wants to get our attention that we would turn to him. And that comes when we're overwhelmed. I want to show you this idea of overwhelmed. To cover or bury beneath a mass of something as floodwaters, debris, or an avalanche. To be submerged. Wave after wave after wave. A couple of pictures. This is actually actually a, a picture of a woman who was drowning, overwhelmed by the waves, and was rescued in Australia as a previous lifeguard years ago. I know this scene. I know that hand being waved and the desperation of someone drowning, being overwhelmed. And as we're overwhelmed, we cry out for help. God is waiting for us. David knew this. And he cries out to God. This idea of being overwhelmed as with uh, waves burying you or an avalanche chasing you this is a series of photos a snowboarder then overcome and then buried in the avalanche they would later find him alive and be able to dig him out this is the idea of being overwhelmed engulfed in something you can't control you have no ability this virus pandemic has created a panic demic. It's created economic stress that we're not able to seem to recover from and we're worried about the devaluation of the stock market. I mean, we were riding high and it's all gone. Small business owners are worried. Uh, you just drive up and down Thousand Oaks Boulevard and the businesses are shuttered. Tourism industry is non-existent. Our trust in government leaders is suspect. We are overwhelmed. It's a good place to be in one sense. When David says through the phrase from the ends of the earth, he denotes a geographical distance away from the land. But as I said earlier, it's also a metaphor for despair, alienation, spiritual distance, and being overwhelmed. Being overwhelmed. And then in the passage of scripture, David says, when my heart is overwhelmed, I have a solution. He says, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. First, he needed a rock. He needed a place of stability. He needed a footing because when you get hit by a wave, you don't know up or down. I remember this when I was a lifeguard. In an avalanche, you don't know up or down. You're overwhelmed. You need to have firm footing. And this metaphor, this picture of a rock is this firm foundation as we covered in a previous study that we'll touch on again out of Matthew 7. Jesus said, build your house upon the rock. And in this, David touches on it. He says, Lord, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. He knew that there'd be times where his heart would be overwhelmed. This was one of them. And he needed these three things in the midst of this. And what he had laid out in this psalm is he needed a rock, a place of stability and security. We all have to have a place to go. That's, that's why you're tuning in. A lot of folks don't go to church. We're watching numbers on our live stream that are far larger than anything we've seen in attendance in this building. Folks need some stability, and I understand why you're tuning in and welcome. You're in the right place. These crashing waves and quaking earth 
has shook the foundations of your life. And you need a rock that is stable. You need a rock that's higher than you. One you can trust in. One that makes sense. A place above yourself. A place greater than your wisdom. If, if, God, you know, if, if, if God were as big as your brain, he wouldn't be worth worshiping. There are some things about the Lord you're going to have to take on faith. And that's the wonderful thing about it. He's a God you can trust. He's bigger than your ability to fully comprehend. That means he's higher than you. His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. But some of the things we do know about God is that he loves you. He loves me. There's no shadow in his turning. He's patient. He's long-suffering. He wants good for you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to be your savior. He wants to save you from this storm in a fallen world inundated by sin and viruses may be created by man that would be launched upon humanity with nefarious reasons and maybe not. But this virus, it's, it's just so hard to wrap our mind around this invisible creature that has paralyzed us all. We, we can't even fight with it with traditional weaponry. We don't know who the enemy is. We can't even see the enemy. And the only time the enemy manifests itself is, is when we start to see the symptoms in people we love. And we need wisdom that's beyond us. And David understood that not only did he need a rock to stand upon, but he needed a rock that was a rock he could trust. Beyond government authority, something higher than himself. And David was the king of Israel. He understood that he needed to go to God. If the king does, so do we. And he needed God to lead him to that rock. He said, when my heart is overwhelmed, Lord, you lead me to the rock that is higher than I. It's oftentimes we have difficulty getting footing in trial. And yet we can just say the simple prayer, Lord, help me. And in the midst of it, he does. He brings us to that rock that is higher than us. We come to realize that the Lord is the top of the food chain. He's the highest rung of the ladder. Then David says in the psalm, for you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever and I will trust in the shelter of your wings. And we've covered this in Psalm 91. A shelter, a strong tower, the righteous run into them, they are saved. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. The idea for the word tabernacle, it means tent or it also is a picture uh, quite possibly of uh, Israel's tabernacle of meeting where they would gather it had two meanings to David when he said tabernacle. It was, it was this idea that Jesus said, Emmanuel, God with us. He will tabernacle with us. Um, he takes on human form and dwells with man. This idea of a place of refuge, the tent of God. A refuge for a weary traveler. A place to go and find help. Where there's protection and hospitality. David longs to have this place where he could tabernacle and find shelter with the Lord. A place of meeting. You know, we have been forbidden to gather. In 9-11, when the tragedy befell our nation, when we were attacked, the churches were full. Here we're attacked by this invisible virus, and the churches are empty. This is a nefarious virus. It has managed to empty the churches. But yet, what I think Satan intended for evil. God has used together for good because we have more folks tuning in. We miss one another. 
There's something profound in fellowshipping together. We do long for that. God created us as relational creatures. It's important that we spend time together. But the message of hope even goes through the airwaves. God's word does not return void. It's profound and powerful. And folks who wouldn't darken the doors of a church are watching this broadcast and you're moved by it. You're comforted. And I understand why. You have found a place of haven, a tabernacle, a place of hospitality, protection. These words are comforting you. That's what David intended. Lord, you have been a shelter for me. We may not be able to enjoy each other's company right now, but we will soon enough. But for all of you, there's a shelter for you. There's a strong tower far from the enemy. We can abide in this place of hospitality in this place of protection. We would trust in the Lord and find shelter under his wings. I shared this imagery out of Psalm 91 last night. The picture of the farmer whose barn had burned down and as he went to assess the damage, he found his prize hen that had been burned in the fire. He was just grieved and saddened. And he saw the burned carcass of the prized hen just laid out in the dirt from the fire. And in frustration, he kicked the carcass. And as he kicked the carcass of his prized hen, out from under the wings of this hen came all the chicks that were still alive. The hen had given her life to save her chicks. And the idea is God is a shelter, a place of protection and hospitality, a place of shelter in a storm. And under his wings, we find protection. He's not like a feeble, mortal, prize hen. He's the God of the universe who loves you and is here to protect you. He is a strong tower. David built this idea upon a rock as he declared it in Psalm 61. He gives us a picture of a, of a tabernacle. A strong tower. These are all things to instill in us the understanding that God is for us, not against us. He wants us to turn to him. But you'll only turn when you're overwhelmed. How, how long is this going to take? God has this uncanny ability to get our attention. None of this overwhelms God. None of it has caught him by surprise. None of it. All along, he's wanted you he wants the heart of the government leaders. He wants the heart of this nation. He wants your heart. And everything you've been trusting in within a moment's notice has been washed away. One little invisible enemy has wiped away everything you thought was important. Does God have your attention yet? Are you overwhelmed? You look at the things in which you've trusted. You have your beauty. That is sand. The Bible says that you are to... Build your house on a rock. But if you don't build your house on a rock, you have a foundation that is built with sand that erodes. And, and if you look at the beauty of man, it, 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 folks don't care anymore. I mean, I, I had to take a shower and comb my hair, but a lot of you are watching this broadcast in your pajamas. You haven't brushed your teeth. Your hair is thrashed. You haven't taken a bath. You know what I'm talking about. And yet, when we go out, it seems as though our beauty is critical. 
I'm, I'm, I'm listening to one plastic surgeon who sadly said that in this midst of this crisis, he's based in Texas, he said in the midst of this crisis, business hasn't been better. It isn't for anything to, re, to, to fix ailments. It is strictly cosmetic. People are paying cash in that season. Beauty is sand. You get old and wrinkled and the storm of age just hits you. Reputation is sand. Social media can ruin you. Rumors, we've watched this. It's overwhelmed us. Popularity is sand. People are fickle. Your career is sand. We've noticed that this week. You can get downsized or passed over for promotion, or the stock market can drop, or a virus can come and shut the businesses. And we're watching the highest level of unemployment in the history of the country. And within a moment's notice, that is wiped away. Health is sand. One call can change everything. We're wondering if we have the virus or if someone else has it. And we're scared. Talent is sand. I am getting a kick out of this for one simple reason that we have come to realize we really don't need celebrities or athletes All sports have been canceled. Celebrities are trying to seem relevant by singing a song while sitting on the toilet. I mean, this is just crazy. And talent, all of a sudden, is sand. What does your life consist of? Jesus said, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Then the Lord says, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house And it fell, and great was its fall. Well, the rains came, the storm has hit. This China, Chinese virus, this Wuhan virus, this COVID-19 virus, argue as you will with whatever you want to call it, and bloviate until you're blue in the face. But it has eroded the sand of our pitiful lives. And we are overwhelmed. And God wants to know, are you ready to run to him yet? This high tower, this rock, this one who has always loved you, this one who has never left you nor forsaken you, is, has every hair on your head numbered, has called to you since you were young, has been wanting your attention? Are you finished yet? Do do we need to continue this silliness? One word from God as we cry out to him will end this. But I'll tell you what, prayer doesn't seem to be as efficacious. Folks would rather run for a solution or send again a visceral email or bloviate how they would do better than the president. No. No. Isaiah says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion a stone, a rock, a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. God will give you wisdom. 
God wants you to stand upon this rock, which is Jesus. Proverbs 12, 7 says, The wicked are overthrown and no one and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. You stand upon this rock of the Lord. You trust in him. You come to a place where you say, Lord, help me. And he will. Jesus said, these two things, on these two things, lay all the words of the prophets. Pay attention. It's critical in this moment. One, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two lay all the words of the prophets. Heart, soul, strength, and mind. You love the Lord. And then you love your neighbor as yourself. It's real simple. Priority. Otherwise, we're just going to be overwhelmed. When you get those two things, you're going to be all right. Even the evil intended by this virus, if it were to affect any member of your family, God promises that even those things work together for good. Evil has no victory over those who trust in God. God cares and he ministers. And the reason why the Lord put this psalm on my heart is because David understood When my heart is overwhelmed, he said, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Let this be your prayer. God, would you get a hold of my heart? Would you take me to your presence? That I would rest in the shelter of the Almighty. That I would find peace under your wing. Lord, would you allow me to lead my family in that direction? That I would bring comfort in my home instead of fear and worry? Would you allow me to just quit thinking I can fix it? And instead, ask you to intercede, to move upon the heart of the king, and to guide it like a water course. Lord, that I would truly abide in you, and you would abide in me. Folks, this is the great gift that we can give to the community around us. Let's show them where this rock is when we're overwhelmed. Have God lead us there, and let's get others with us. And so as we have been closing every night this week, uh, now we want to close this morning. I wanted you to see this from number six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. We serve the Prince of Peace. We're not overwhelmed. God is on the throne. He calls us that when we're overwhelmed, that we would just simply say, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And he will. He'll comfort you. Folks, this week, if you need any encouragement, you're welcome to reach out to us. Uh, My email is rob at godspeak.com. There's also Craig at godspeak.com, Micah at godspeak.com, Tony, et cetera. You got the, the idea. You can email us if you have any, any needs in your family.
if you're all alone, whatever it is, we're a family. Seek the Lord and then reach out to us and as we can minister, we will. We've had huge demands upon the ministry. Um, If God has put it upon your heart to help, then do so. We've shown you how to do that. God's people don't need to beg for anything and I'm not going to. I refuse to. We will do as God sees fit and as he supplies this fellowship through the faithfulness of his people, then that's what we will be equipped to do. And I know this congregation, though we're not together, we have solidarity and we're committed to this community. I want to say thank you to all of you with the stories. There's been some touching stories about how folks have been reaching out. I've been personally blessed by so many of you. Grateful for your love and care. Let's continue to hold our first responders up in prayer. I was thinking to myself, we used to put so much value in sports heroes and movie stars. And now our biggest heroes are doctors, nurses, truck drivers, and the folks that stock the shelves at the supermarket. They are pretty amazing. I, uh, the folks that work for DoorDash that show up in the N95 masks with gloves on that are bringing uh, food to folks that just don't have the wherewithal. When this is all said and done, I think uh, the nation's going to be divided into <laughs> two sp- two sectors, folks who've learned how to be really good cooks and others who have become alcoholics. I'm just joking. And we turn to everything but the Lord. Let this be a time that's special and, and turn to him. Let him comfort you. That's it for our live stream with my portion. What we're going to do, and, and stay with us here, What we're going to do is we're going to take a break momentarily so that you can um, have your kids come in. And um, we're going to have Tammy Shewitt come and lead all your kids in uh, Sunday school. She has a special lesson just for them. It's going to be delightful. And uh, so we're going to take a break. One last thing, folks. Every night this week, let's make this special. Every night this week, I want you to tune in at 7 p.m. We're going to do a live stream Every night this week at 7 p.m., starting on Monday, and we're going to minister to this community. Actually, we're going to do it tonight at 7 p.m. as well. Every night this week until this, this, um, this sequestering is completed, we're going to minister to one another. Tune in. Stay connected. There will be an opportunity here from uh, Dr. Robin, myself. We'll maybe even have other folks come and speak, and you'll be encouraged. And then while we're doing that, please send in uh, via the internet or uh, text. If you could send in to us um, questions, prayer requests, needs, let us know. We'll answer the questions on the air as we do the events in the evening. um, And we'll respond to the needs as well. So let me pray for us. And then we'll conclude, take a break. And then we're going to have Tammy come up. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, the psalm from David is our prayer. God, hear my cry. Lord, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. And I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Lord, thank you. Let that be the cry of all who hear my voice and have had the privilege to 
hear your word. And so, Lord, by the power of your word, minister to every heart that's overwhelmed. Let them come to you. Lead them to you. Protect them, bless them, heal them. And, Lord, let this nation rest in you. And so, God, we entrust this nation to your care. And we ask wisdom for all of our leaders. God, that you would intercede. We go to you and ask you to take care of it. And we know you will. And so, God, we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.